Welcome to the Shelf Warmers Podcast, the show about toys, why we like them, our connections to the figures, and their relevance to bigger topics. I'm your co-host, Sugu, and tonight we're going to talk about music. And I'm your co-host, Darby, and tonight we're not going to talk about soundtracks, but we are. Before we begin, by way of introduction, I'm Darby Harn, the author of the novels Ever the Hero and A Country of Eternal Light. I'm a senior writer for Screen Rant. I collect comic books, Star Wars toys, and things I really should not be buying. <laughs> and I'm Sugu, your co-host. I work in IT and education, and I'm also passionate about writing and story. You can find some of my travel writings on allaboutjapan.com, where I've written various articles about my life and perspectives in Japan. I collect mostly Transformers, but I've recently started collecting Marvel Legends figures and die-cast cars, such as Hot Wheels. Since living in Japan, I've developed an interest in tabletop gaming, so I also have a wide collection of board games. Tonight, we're going to take our first step into a new topic, into a new foray. It's uh, uncharted territory for us. But we're going to talk about something that's really important to both of us, and that's music. This is going to be the first of us talking about music. And Darby, we we decided that we're going to talk about soundtracks and our, kind of our top five soundtracks, I think. Or kind sure, of like yeah. what we, uh, how we, yeah, let's, let's start there. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting to talk about because we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the pod that we wanted to talk about more about music because it's strange that we haven't because uh, mu- music is, is such a big part of my life. I'm always talking about music. I'm always listening to music. I, I just, I'm a huge music consumer and it's been fun to watch um, the last month or so. Um, with Stranger Things uh, has t- turned uh, Kate Bush into an overnight success after 45 years uh, with Running Up. It was her time. It was her time for Kate. Uh, <laughs> so Running Up That Hill, people are familiar with it now because it's become this cultural phenomenon here in the States. I, I'm, you know, I don't know about around the world, but, and so I was, you know, sort of, and then also Top Gun, so the Top Gun sequel, Maverick, came out, and there was a lot of conversation about the top, original Top Gun soundtrack, which is one of the m- most popular soundtracks of all time. It's one of the most '80s soundtracks. It's it's probably the it's it's it <laughs> very much so. It's the case example of sort of that '80s soundtrack phenomenon, which I grew up with, and uh, which everybody knows that soundtrack, and everybody knows in those songs, Danger Zone. Even if they shouldn't, you, you know, even if they're they they're from uh, much, you know, they're that movie's uh, almost forty years old, and but uh, people know those songs, people know the movie, certainly know the new movie, which is quickly becoming one of the biggest movies of all time. I still haven't seen it. It's really good. Uh, it's really good. I I like it more than the original. It's it's just a good uh, old fashioned popcorn movie. Uh, I am taken aback by the uh this the success of the movie not surprised that it's popular but i'm surprised that it's um it's gonna uh, it's playing like a 
it's going to end up being one of the top 10 movies of all time. It's just, it's, it's just insane. It's, it's truly insane, but good, good for the, you know, it's a good time that people want to go to the movies. I think people want to go see a movie, be out and do normal things. So, um, but yeah, man, Kate Bush is maybe an interesting place to start with stranger things. Cause I, you know, just started stranger things this week uh getting caught up a little bit and it's a it's a uh it's just a con it's it, it's an 80s soundtrack itself so it's constant constant music and you know there's a lot of stuff in the season four uh talking heads and all that other stuff so i really enjoy that it's one of my favorite things about stranger things is the music and you know that was sort of my era and i had my, my god and i was listening to all that stuff back then including Top Gun. <laughs> I think we all were, though, to yeah. be fair. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, um, but I, I love all kinds of music. So, I, I you know, my first probably soundtrack was probably Star Wars just because I would have had um, the John Williams, uh, which is uh, I'm pretty the LP. I'm pretty sure we did um, when I was a kid. And the, the all that music, those sound, the, the Star Wars soundtracks, all of them remain my some of my favorite stuff I, I listen to that stuff still fairly regularly so my first soundtrack now i'm gonna say mine as in the first soundtrack that i actually bought mm-hmm. was a cd um and it was also john williams but it was jurassic park uh mm-hmm. but before yeah, that we actually had star wars the soundtrack on eight track yeah, yeah. And the story that has been told to me several times over is that my brother and sister would play the Star Wars 8-track, the Star Wars soundtrack on the 8-track machine. They would reenact the uh, ceremony at the end where the medals were to be given. <laughs> and I was R2-D2 because I was little more than a lump at the time. Yeah. So, but I had to be in there somewhere, so I was just R2-D2, but my brother and sister were reenacting that scene. So I'm like, all right, I guess I was there. But yeah, so we had Star Wars on A-Track, which that's another conversation too, the evolution of music media Mm. or mediums. There were... There were uh, tons of eight tracks uh, in the house when I was growing up, so I, I I'm old enough to remember them mm-hmm. uh, very very well. Um, and uh, some of our listeners yeah. are rapidly googling right now. Yeah, what are they talking about? Um, <laughs> and uh, but the, you know there was there was other stuff too um, that was in the house. I mean. That was also uh, the Grease uh, movie soundtrack, yep. uh, Saturday Night Fever. This is the late seventies, inescapable. Um, uh, there's something I else. I feel that like we started. had the Grease soundtrack, but I can't be one hundred percent sure. I love I love Grease. I, I love those that music. Uh, I, I, you know I, I still get a big kick out of it. Um, and uh, Saturday Night Fever less so, but I am a big BG sort of fan, and and one a good musical argument I always get into uh, uh, with folks is when the people start talking about like the greatest bands of all time, they they always leave out the '70s sort of disco, but they consider them disco oh, yeah. with BGs and and ABBA, 
uh, this is, uh, I think, a terrific oversight on their part. I, th I think ABBA in particular, more so for me personally than the Bee Gees, uh, ABBA is uh, one of the, in pop music, um, Western pop music is one of the one of the greatest bands ever and their music and their uh, uh, their following I think sort of suggests that so um, they sort of transcended their the fashion of their moment I think oh yeah uh, for sure yeah I mean they're um, still around they they came out with those two two movies one that yeah one, they're, they're and then the sequel to that one two I totally uh, don't remember the name it's voyage or voyager and uh it's really it's really interesting and uh the they are they're one of my favorite bands they're a fantastic band um uh they're they were never associated with any soundtracks that i, that I can think of at the moment but they, no, there's um, a one that's like an entire movie is based around their music yeah that's the that's i think that's the voyager thing i thought there was, could be uh, wrong, there was a different one I want to say Meryl Streep, but I could be wrong. Uh, oh yeah, 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 Mamma Mia. Uh, right, that's you're right. That's yeah, the one. Yep, yep, yep. I've completely blanked on that. And um, that too, right? There is a sequel, and those are both hugely popular movies. And you know, yeah, it's interesting now. Like right now in the states here, um, that the the new Elvis movie just came out, and it's part of this sort of trend over the last several years of sort of these musical biopics, which have been very popular. Elvis is doing really well. Uh, so you had Bohemian Rhapsody, which was the Freddie Mercury movie, and um, is that any good? I heard it wasn't very good. Um, if you're if you're a queen nerd like I am, and certainly my brother, you sort of had quibbles with some of it because you're you're too familiar with the band's history to sort of allow the the narrative crunching that the movie had to do. Um, and the uh, Rocket Man, uh, Elton John movie, very good. Um, so it's been interesting, and you know, sort of revisiting all this music and. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm always I'm always listening to music. If you look at my YouTube history, it's just it's just constant constant music and sort of cycling through. I go through weird jags where I'll you know I'll I'll, I'll come on to something and then I'll 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 burn through it, you know, for a couple of weeks and then I guess I'll go out to something else. But I love the rabbit hole that YouTube is because you get to one you get to discover things. I love discovering new music. And then I also like re I reconnect with older music too, and um, you know finding stuff. There's all there's you know like right now like late, lately this last week or so I've been listening to a lot of Alan Parsons project, uh, which I haven't listened to in a really long time, and so I've really been enjoying that. Um, but uh, but yeah, soundtracks. I you know the I'm always listening to. I listen to a lot of music when I write and sort of. Uh, not as much as I used to, but um, I certainly sort of or orchestral stuff. So, you know, uh, that type of thing, not necessarily Star Wars, but uh, I, li I listen to a lot of Max Richter. And I, I, I really, really, really love all of his stuff, in particular the music he did for Leftovers. Um, but uh, I can't listen to anything, uh, anything with lyrics in it when I'm writing. Um, that's just thought, that's thought pollution, so yeah uh i for myself it's kind of the same thing i can't listen to lyrics and songs i get too caught up in it but 
it's also expanded a little bit more um i don't know if our listeners know this but you know that i i make a lot of music uh, i've been involved mm-hmm. in several choirs around here uh play bass guitar play piano play play clarinet so my issue now is i'm kind of I, I kind of can't do music plus anything else uh, that that requires concentration <laughs> yeah. because, like, when I'm listening yeah. to music that has lyrics, I start singing to it, right? Mm. I start paying attention to the vo- vo- vocals. But now, when I start listening to music that has a really good bass line, I'm listening to the bass line. And... Mm. I can't concentrate on anything else now because I'm like, oh wait, what? Wait, how are they doing the counter melody here and and all that? So I can't concentrate on anything else now. So I kind of have to listen to music when I'm doing something relatively mindless, washing the dishes, that type of stuff. Um, one, yeah, yeah. One thing that I've done in the last year or so that I've been more conscious about is. I love music. I love listening to music. I, I am not musical, which is uh, really disappointing for me, but cause I, I'd like to be because, uh, my, you know, my brain sort of um, wants to make music. But the um, one thing I realized, and, you know, I talked earlier on the pod also about being autistic. One thing I've, I've realized in, in being that part of what I do part of being autistic is something I never realized until recently was it was something called stimming, which people may or may not be familiar about. And one thing I realized is that I do that through music, which is the repetition of music, just playing it constant over and over. Like I'll play a song like 30 or 40 times in a row kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't realize that that's what that was. And I also didn't realize that there was a certain aspect of myself that was really not actually listening to it, like listening, listening to it. And one thing that I, I've made a conscious effort of here in this last year or so is uh, really, really listening uh, to the music. And I go, I've gone back to like a lot of music uh, lately and, and that I'm very familiar with and I'm discovering all these new things in it. And, I, and it's very focused, like you said. It ha- it's very, it can only be that thing. And yeah. it's like, you know, he- hearing things in it and finding, following paths in it which, um, you know, I, I never did before. It's some that you're super uber familiar with to the point of, you know, uh, obsession almost. And when you're playing these songs like this, you're playing these records like this. And, um, but I love that, that sense of like rediscovery. And it's been interesting whether it's, uh, you know, like running up that hill with Kate Bush. I hadn't listened to Kate Bush in a really long time. Um, but, you know, so going back to running up that hill along with the entire world here in the last few weeks um it's been really fun to rediscover that song and and what what feels to me like a very autistic song uh it's it's uh it's uh <laughs> it's not a typical song let's say so it's great that it's um that it's enjoying so much success because it's a gorgeous song it's used to extremely uh, just very good effect in the show mm-hmm. uh it sort of becomes a slight motif in the show which is and then it's used to dramatic effect um but yeah i i i enjoy the the isolation of music and i also like i said i listen to it when i'm listen to it when i'm writing and then certainly when i'm on the bike and uh i'm just playing constant 
constant music, get a playlist going, and you just go you just go through stuff, and it's very just all from everywhere, you know. Um, you know, I try to find new stuff. I try to listen to a lot of old stuff, and I'll go through Jags. I'll listen to a lot of ABBA. Uh, I'll listen uh, to a lot of Queen. Um, you know, like I said, Alan Parsons project here recently. Um, so I'm you I'm know. curious. You talked about YouTube discovery. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you mentioned Alan Parsons project, Queen, ABBA, but those are those are tried and true, right? What um, about your discoveries? What have you discovered? Uh, Sarah Nimitz. Uh, okay. Sarah Nimitz, uh, extraordinary singer songwriter. Sarah Blasco. Australian singer songwriter who I got I got to see in Paris. Uh, Slow down, man! I can't write that fast. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, ten years ago now, uh, Sarah Blasco in Paris, one of the most extraordinary concerts I've ever been to. May or may not have had a crush on her. It's not important. At outstanding Scandinavian punk metal band, Mac Thaverskin, M A K. T H A V E R S K A N Mac Thaverskin. Um, they're fucking amazing. They're like the cure but metal. Okay. It's it's and the 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 singer, it's extraordinary. Uh we were promised jetpacks, uh Scottish Scottish band extraordinary. Um um soak uh s-o-a-k uh northern irish folk singer post folk fantastic um the, the tons of people and then i i loved i love the rabbit hole of youtube and discovering uh discovering people and discovering new music and new sounds i, I love the discovery I i'm not a very one thing I, I sort of noticed, and maybe most people do, is that you, you you get a little bit static with the things that you like. You know, you like your music, you like whatever that you grew up with, and I do like the things I grew up with, and I also really love discovering new stuff, and so I'm constantly doing that. And then when I find something new, it's like I really enjoy it. I really just, you know, I go through all of it, um, you know, um, as much as I can, and. Um, that's the great thing I've, I've been listening to since Taylor died. I've been listening to a lot of Foo Fighters. I've also been listening to a lot of Atlantis because she's uh, Taylor drummed for, um, you know, that first record. And uh, so I've been listening to her. I haven't really listened to a ton of Atlantis, certainly not her, you know, sort of more recent stuff. And I mm -hmm. found that I really, I really enjoyed it. So um, I can go on and on. I will see you unless you stop me. Ah, keep going. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm just busy writing. Uh, their new record. <laughs> their, new, their new record, man. New record is fantastic. Um, I'm, I've always been a big fan of them. Karen O. I, I just, I, I'm in love with Karen O. Yeah, it's just like, I'm just sort of looking at everything here. I was, you know, uh, oh, I've been on a big Peter Gabriel kick too the last few weeks. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, I just, I've always loved Gabriel and I, I go through Jags where. I go in and out of him, and so I just, uh, you know... I, I think the last to... full album of his that I really uh, listened a lot to, the last one I bought, was the one that has uh, 
burn you down on it. Um, mm. Yeah. Burn you up, burn you down. That one. Yeah. I think I, growing I, up. I, I, lo- I think that's what it was. I love I love Gabriel and uh, uh, Salisbury Hill is one of my my favorite songs ever. But I, I love him in general, and he's one of the most inventive uh, guys. And then another person I've actually mentioned on the pod before in our Thor episode is Mitski M I T S K I, Japanese American uh, singer songwriter, extraordinary talent, extraordinary mm-hmm. talent. Um, I, I'm in love with her too. Everything she does, her brand new record is. Amazing. Um, and Mitski was absolutely a YouTube discovery and um, just really, really good. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, uh, so I, I listen to a ton of music all day long and uh, all the time, pretty much always now that I think about it, um, you know, and then it's just a lot of repeating and it used to be just sort of repeating, uh, just, just repeating. And the, but now, like <laughs> lately, I I just been, I've been really listening to it. I've been really sort of li- trying to hear it in ways I've never heard it before, and that's that's been interesting. Because mm-hmm. um, I think um, I know you know musical people hear the when you know they, they 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 listen to music differently. I think than to sort of your you know your sort of your layman. So I wonder sometimes, like what you know, what they hear. Like I was talking to, I have a cousin whose husband is is in a band, and I was talking to him one night. He's fat. I love to, I love musicians. I love talking to people about music. I love people who sing. Because people who make who sing, make me very very happy. And um, the he was talking to me about all this stuff, and it's you know it's sort of almost a mechanical thing, you know that they sort of hear. Uh, when they're listening to something, it's like, oh, you know, they, they, that's how they did that. You know, they get that, that drum sound. Um, and so I, I find myself, it's a little bit like that lately. It's sort of, sort of hearing things in the music that um, I didn't, I never, I just never heard before. And when you get, when you listen to bands like Queen or Def Leppard or ABBA, certainly where they're, where it's very heavy on production, there's a lot to listen to because like you think of a song like, Bohemian Rhapsody obviously has all these layers to it, but then you think of a song like Hysteria from Def Leppard, which has something like 29 guitars going off at the end of it. You don't really ever think about it, but it's like, you know, but that's actually a technically more complicated song than Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people don't think about it that way, but it, it is from a technical point of view, it's more complicated. And, and so when you're listening to it, especially at the end, the outro on Hysteria, it's an extraordinary amount going on. And it's just, and then when you really, you know, you really dive in and listen to it, it's very satisfying. It's very rewarding to kind of hear a band that is that precise and engineered and produced within an inch of its life, sort of escape their their constraints and actually start to play out. And it's it's really fascinating. We're gonna take a quick break to let you know about some exciting developments on the podcast. First of all, thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying it. Uh, If you like our content and you want more of it, you can subscribe to our channel and get additional conversations between Sugu and I. So stick around after the episode for a quick sample of what you could get. If you want to give us any feedback, feel free to let us know your thoughts and opinions at shelfwarmers at gmail.com or on Twitter at shelfwarmers. Thanks for listening. And now back to the show. Anyway, I think we were supposed to sort of talk about 
sort of top five soundtracks. We're not really doing that. So that's yeah, fine. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, you got me thinking about my YouTube discoveries as well. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear about yours, yeah. Um, yeah, and to be honest, like, I didn't realize I was doing that until you started talking about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I have been doing that. Because I have actually two playlists. Uh, one is just music. You know, that's a store, the mm-hmm. normal that I discover and put in there. But I also created another playlist called Songs I Begrudgingly Like. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and those are songs that, for whatever reason, I shouldn't have liked, but uh, I actually do. And there's usually like some sort of memory attached to it. Yeah, like some sort of really positive memory for me. Like, for example, mm-hmm. one song in the Songs I Begrudgingly Like is um the song from or the theme song from toy story 3 we belong together well the reason i like it is because when i was teaching fourth grade um that was our song for the winter celebration so my students came up with a dance and they uh they came up with the routine and and all that and i helped them with and all that but then we were able to perform it and it was really good. Like what the students did was incredible. So that's one of those songs. Like, I don't think I would like it normally, but I yeah, yeah. do because of, you know, because of this memory. So there's all sorts of stuff like, you know, my music and songs I begrudgingly like are all kind of mixed together, but, uh, have you ever heard of a band called Elu- Eluviti? El- Eluviti? E-L-U-V-E-I-T-I-E? No. It's a really interesting, like, Irish-Scottish plus heavy metal band. Um, they have uh, oh, Irish geez, fiddles. Really? Gonna... Huh? Spell that again. E-L-U... V E I T I wow I've never rose heard for, of this A rose for Epona is probably the best one to to get started listening to They're an well, incredible I, I know a metric ton of Irish Americans who need this in their life Yeah uh, I've never never heard of this Yeah You you got to listen to it man it's yeah, really yeah. good well, that uh, spun me in YouTube's algorithm and got me to Bloody Wood, which is a Punjabi Hindi heavy metal uh, band. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they do, like, all sorts of Hindi music, like folk music in, in Hindi, but in in heavy metal style. And... When was it? Maybe 15 years ago or so? There was a really popular song in America. It was a Hindi song. It was remixed from the Knight Rider theme song. Do you remember this at all? Not really. Okay. Uh, It's called Mundion to Bakera Rahi. So that was the original, right? Well, original, original. Mm -hmm. The 
the Knight Rider theme song remixed to this Hindi song. And then this group, Bloodywood, did their own heavy metal version of it. And it's it's just it's amazing to listen to. It's hilarious. It's awesome. Oh wow. Uh so then on another discovery I got rounded into Dovidas. Have you ever heard of him? Mm-mm. Dovidas is a Lithuanian musician who is in America. He's a he's a one man band who uses a looping uh looper. So someone will request a song and he'll listen to it a couple times to make sure he knows it. And then he'll just start a looper and make the song. And it's incredible. I'll have to send you yeah. these links. Um, there, it's just incredible there, to listen to. There are a few people around town that do that with yeah. the looper. Yeah. And it's, it's fascinating to me because it's like, how do you, it, you literally have no clue I guess you do, but like you don't really you're making it up literally live on the spot, which I, I think is yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, and it, it's incredible to hear his instrumentation and how he gets there. Well, that rabbit hole led me to Remco's Groove Lab. And Remco's mm. Groove Lab is a bassist and how can I describe him? The easiest way I can describe him is in the first minute that you're listening to him, you're you're listening to him and you're watching him play and you're like, oh man, that's not fair that he can do that so easily and I suck right. at this. That's that's right. just not fair. Two minutes in, he steps it up and he does something else. And you're like, come on, man. Leave some talent for the rest of us. <laughs> that That's the, my biggest sort of feeling with music is the sense of liberation. It's like I, I feel extremely liberated when I listen to it because yeah. it's like, how do you do that? And sort of my, my thought process and I guess my general mode of existence, period, is like this sort of it does not feel that way. So like when you hear something and like how on earth did they accomplish this and your brain sort of works it out. You listen to it enough, you, you know, I, I, you understand the chord progression or whatever. But like, you know, but you're like, you know, as I listened to a kind of magic the other day by Queen and there's a Brian May does this thing on the guitar. I don't quite know how he does it. I, I there's there's it doesn't make like in your head. Obviously, he plays it and kind of seen him play it in concert now a few times. I just still don't know how he does it. I, I don't know how you get that to happen yeah. on the guitar. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, or when they someone does something with their voice like Sinead O'Connor whose yeah. voice is one of the biggest, greatest instruments of just sheer raw power in the world. And she does this thing where she she will carom her own voice off the back of her throat, and she'll get this sound that is no one else on earth can replicate. How does she do it? I think I understand how she does it. But if you if you asked her to replicate it on the spot, I doubt she could do it. Because yeah, it's just, sure. it's primal, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's so fascinating. Yeah. Um, Shana, talking I, about soundtracks, uh, Sinead, one of my favorite uh, songs ever is a song she did with The Edge called Heroin off of a movie, I'm, a very small British movie I'm forgetting the name of right now. But if you ever YouTube it, I, I love that song. Okay. Another one you probably might be interested in is called The Snake Charmer. She is Irish Punjabi. Mm. Um, oh, wow. So she plays the bagpipes... So she's Indian and she mm-hmm. plays bagpipes 
and in this like amazing Irish Punjabi mix. It's, oh, cool! Yeah, it's fascinating to listen to. The Snake Charmer. Yeah, the Snake Charmer is another okay. one, and then from there, Winter Gotten is amazing to listen to. Winter Gotten, he, I think he's Swedish. I'm not sure. He built a marble machine that plays music using 2,000 marbles. And it's it's incredible to listen to. Grant Stinnett is an amazing bass player as well. Cooper Drummer does some really good uh, drum covers um, of uh, songs, like like of really interesting songs. To, so it's kind of it's cool to watch him play. Yeah, and then World Order is a Japanese band, Japanese dance troupe, I think. Their mm. their music is really good, good to listen to, but you also got to watch their videos. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of the things I I love about YouTube is that it's everyone can make music and put it on YouTube, and yeah. you're just going through and discovering all of this stuff that you might you might never have discovered like you, I mean some of these places some of these groups you won't ever find them in a record store like the cost of production the cost of distribution that ain't yeah. happening we've talked about on the pod in regards to writing and publishing the uh, you know the democratization of of art that thanks to the internet and uh, YouTube is for certainly for music is like I, the the biggest example of that and it works both ways it, it allows you to discover all these great acts and give them a plot they never would have had. none of these folks ever would have gotten a chance to get on radio in the old model oh, and yeah. they just never would have been discovered and you would have been deprived of all this this joy. Uh, the bad thing is that there, there feels like there's a ceiling uh, to their, you know, things break through, obviously, and, and things blow up and the algorithm catches something. But if like Sarah Blasco, I mentioned her earlier. Um, um, the, she's a, I, it is a crime against humanity that she's not more well known. I, she, mm -hmm. She's extraordinary talent. And it feels like she's, you know, um, I was reading an interview with her there probably a year or so ago. And, you know, she, her agent dropped her, her label dropped her. And she just doesn't have the, um, she didn't get the audience that she, you know, needed. Uh, and that, that, that sucks because now right at the moment she's not doing anything. And so, um, you know the I, I think for younger people coming up uh younger musicians uh younger people certainly making movies when i was a kid it, i wanted to make movies and that meant getting literally eight and 16 millimeter mm -hmm. and then processing it which was out of the question yeah and then vhs which was still cumbersome um these kids today they're making movies on their iphones it's ridiculous and then they just upload it to youtube and then they have it then they have a deal with warner's um and but for the music though like i the, the the great thing is people discover it the bad thing is i think it feels like that the, because of the huge sprawl that there's sort of a there's sort of a ceiling to what um the sort of penetration i guess the breakthrough in terms of yeah awareness. i mean definitely it's going to be harder to like everyone is trying to game the algorithm right 
the algorithm. Yeah. Like it's it's some holy see. Everyone's trying to game it so that they <laughs> yeah. can stand out among this huge crowd. But, you know, Kay Bush, 45 years later, standing proud, standing tall. So, Kate Bush, I had a, I have a friend who's a, a journalist, musician, musician, a music journalist who told me last week that because Kate Bush owns the rights to all of her music, she also wrote, recorded, produced everything. She does mm-hmm. everything. She, right at the moment, she's making approximately a quarter million dollars a day. Oh, wow. Off of running up that, off of that song. So I'll just say I hope Kate's enjoying her money because she deserves it because that that's insane, and the, but it's great because it's like Kate who has always been I always loved her but I always found her when I was younger I found her music um, challenging because it's so esoteric and it's so literary and it's so you know it reminds me of sort of certain periods of Bowie but more so and like. You know, and so as I'm older, I appreciate it more. I have a different relationship with it. When I was a kid, I was just, I think, sort of really keyed into having sort of a visceral sort of relationship with my music. Mm-hmm. And Kate Bush does not necessarily lend herself, in my experience, to that. But like, by revisiting her now, uh, running up that hill is very visceral, and people do have a very primal response to it, which I think is what is triggered some of this. But at the same time, it's a very it's a song you sit and chew on. You sit and think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a song which uh, people have actually written. <laughs> There's academic papers been written about that song. Um, but it, I, that's what I. But I. That's what I love, though. I love. I love having conversations with people about music and, and what it means. What it means to them, certainly, yeah. and what turns them on and what excites them. And you know, um, it's great to be able to connect across uh, generations when you're talking about someone like Kate Bush because she is, uh, rightly so, she's been a, she's a major figure in music, but culturally, you know, she's certainly here in the States, has not gotten the recognition that she certainly deserves, and so that's changed overnight uh, for a song that came out in 1985. so I, I, I think that's fantastic. And I, I love that. And I love having those conversations. It's like, cause you're at the bar, you're talking with people and someone like Kate Bush will come up or the Pixies or, um, I was talking with somebody at the bar, um, a while ago, uh, and they didn't know who Morrissey was. And, uh, I found that odd, but I, Morrissey is, uh, uh, so I'm a big fan of sort of, uh, rock obviously, but but Morrissey is at the head of a, 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 a tree that includes uh, U2. And most of the bands that I enjoy, yeah, right. uh, I, Irish, UK, um, you name them, James, Coldplay, Travis, all these bands, they come from that same tree. And Morrissey is at the top of this tree. Uh, some people would put Cockatoo Twins in there too. And so the Sundays. So you know you get in these conversations and then you're talking and people don't know they they just don't know they don't know morrissey they don't know kate bush they certainly don't know the cockatoo twins at this point um but you get to have those conversations and then they go onto youtube and then they they start listening to them like yeah and like yeah because now that sounds familiar doesn't it and that, you know it's like you know do you see where some of those things come from and i think that's really fascinating kate bush had outsized influence on a lot of modern 
uh, music. If you listen to Lady Gaga, you hear a lot of stuff. You hear a lot of Freddie Mercury. You hear a lot of Elton John. You hear a lot of stuff in Gaga, but you hear Kate Bush too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I'm reminded of two. <laughs> uh, I'm reminded of two uh, stories about music from my childhood. Both happened when I was in high school, actually. Uh, no, wait. So, sorry. I think one happened when I was in junior high and one happened when I was in high school. So, uh, I think you would appreciate the junior high one. Um, (laughs) I was in, I think I was in a car listening to the radio and someone had called in because, you know, back in those days you could call in and make requests and someone called in and requested the new queen song. Mm-hmm. And the brought the radio announcers were like, "What new Queen song? Queen's not Queen's not around anymore. Right? What new Queen song? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the one uh, Rhapsody, something like that. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. That's not new, but it had this resurgence because of Wayne's World. Yes. And so people were calling asking for the new Queen song when it was you know just it's it's time well it's second time um because bohemian rhapsody by the way is hugely popular to do karaoke here in japan like it's hugely popular bohemian rhapsody is uh you talk about songs that make a quarter million dollars a day uh bohemian rhapsody is um uh, the most viewed song on youtube it's by all accounts one of the most successful songs ever um, but one thing we'll have to do, we talked about on the pod, I think, certainly off, uh, having my brother on Aaron to talk about his experience, uh, certainly growing up with Queen, because um, we were both fans of Queen prior to Wayne's World, and it was there was a point, uh, there was a point where Queen fandom was an a- absolute ebb. Uh, yeah. Uh, utter, utter, I don't think irrelevance is the right word, but close to it. And then, and then Wayne's World happened, and then they've been on this journey now the last thirty years uh, to towards their rightful place and sort of rock hierarchy. But <laughs> we talked about this. I want to say either on the podcast when we talked about your London visit, or yeah, yeah. just off of the podcast before we start re- re- recording. So, yeah, longtime it, listeners can let us know if you've heard these stories before. Yeah, they're, the Queen is a. It, I, I'm I'm so happy for Queen in the sense that they they've got they they did get uh, Queen is one of the most probably my favorite band, but just in terms of just mute, where they rank, you know, people do their sort of lists and ranks, and uh, Queen I, I think is is uh, a top five band in rock and roll history. I, I you don't have you don't have rock and ro- modern rock and roll modern music. Yeah. You don't have Lady Gaga uh, without them. You, you don't. Their 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 uh, their popularity in the world today is uh, equal, uh, possibly greater than people like the Beatles or the Stones. Hard to say. My my sense is, and that's all it is, is that it's certainly equal. So, but they're up there, and that's great. It's good for them. Um, you know, it's good. It's 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 only right. But soundtracks. Queen's Queen was involved in some major soundtracks. Uh, including Flash and The Highlander, a, a, a movie, a, a, a record. I was just talking about Kind of Magic. 
uh, it is an unofficial soundtrack to Highlander. They recorded that that whole album is almost a concept album because it's a, ostensibly a soundtrack to Highlander. So all the songs deal with themes from the film, mm-hmm. and uh, it's one of my favorite records ever. It's one of their best records. It's just it's Queen at their uh, in terms of their musical power is possibly their apex. Um, 1986, uh, extraordinary record, extraordinary moment, and um, it comes off the heels of that Live Aid uh, concert, oh, okay. the, that okay. Live Aid moment where Queen is, is that's sort of the Live Aid, uh, arguably, Queen's Live Aid set, arguably, I think I think the sort of critical consensus is it's possibly the sort of one of the, one of certainly one of the greatest moments in rock and roll history. It's just utterly... Uh, remarkable moment um so yeah but uh, folks aren't familiar with a kind of magic check that out and then the flash soundtrack they're probably familiar with they're probably familiar with the flash song if not the movie uh the soundtrack is fascinating to listen to because uh, people know the song but they may not know they did the entire soundtrack um flash so flash gordon that. flash gordon you know yeah okay uh yeah, so check that out. It's really it's fascinating. And they were Queen was very into movies, and they were they planned to, they wanted to do more mm-hmm. soundtracks and stuff involved with movies. And they were all big sci-fi people, and uh, certainly Roger Taylor. And uh, you see that all over their and Brian May, of course. And they, you see that all over their music, and you see it all over their videos. Um, they were just huge sci-fi nerds, and they were um, that Queen is. Uh, when I when I talk about Queen, I find myself talking about a lot of the same things in Star Wars, because there's a lot of the same intersections in their work that there is in Star Wars. Right, right. People are like, "What are you talking about?" And it's like when you peel back Star Wars, you have all these intersections of of uh, history and 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 myth and philosophy and all these other things that exist in Queen. Uh, and then the, the, their approach to creating art is very similar. It's a very production heavy uh, engineering marvel. Star Wars and Queen music. You know. I would almost put Led Zeppelin in that category too. Like they're heavy into history and Tolkien, not sci-fi, but like fantasy. Zeppelin certainly Zeppelin a huge influence on Queen. Certainly early Queen. When you think of something, when you, th- you think of something like Ogre Battle or March of the Black Queen uh, from Queen Two, uh, that is absolutely Zeppelin all over the place. <laughs> March of the March of the Black Queen, one of the most extraordinary songs you'll ever hear. And you, you know, it's sort of a, it's sort of the proto Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, with Zeppelin and definitely, definitely with Tolkien, you know, definitely with the fantasy elements there. Um, and then, then you know, you think in the '70s, you think you get into this sort of heavy era of production with Queen, with ABBA, uh, with um, Boston. You think of somebody like Tom Schultz, uh, and they're they're in a they're in an analog era, but they're trying to achieve these things, which today you just do. You know, you and I can do it actually on our computer. What they what they struggle to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, with practical elements like tape and, and all that and overdubbing and just things like that layering so when they did Bohemian Rhapsody that was extremely complicated to do that it was almost technically impossible today it would be no trick but I love that kind of music I love big sound I love all of that and certainly the 80s sort of um, that sort of uh, a lot of people hated it but that sort of that synth sort of 
techno sort of sound. I was I I was in love with it. I love it to this day, and I'm a big I'm a big fan of throwback music, um, mm-hmm. you know, sort of '80s retro music. So I'm a total nerd for it. Yeah, I'm I'm big into uh, especially lately. I'm big into like fusing different elements together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned Irish Punjabi or like yeah. these other mixes of just uh, different types of music that is uh, just kind of thrown together and and it works. Like I, I'm I'm here for it. I think that's incredible. It's great to listen to. Uh, it's yeah. also like this cool opportunity to expand your musical tastes without being too alien, right? It's like that that bridging the gap, which then leads to other places. Like, for example, my brother, not too much into um, uh, Indian music, big into heavy metal. So Bloodywood was a great like kind of introduction to other indian music that was yeah it's really cool to to hear his enthusiasm for these other indian bands i'm like yeah that's cool yeah that's the great thing about music isn't it it's this great way of of um getting to know people and opening doors to people um it's a good way of closing them you can shut (laughs) you could could shut some doors if you if you're not on the same page a uh, good way to start a fight is uh, not liking someone's band, um, <laughs> but it's uh, it's uh, yeah, like what you just said. It's you know, like here, like check this out. I think you'd like this, and you know, and then they like it, and you have so you then you have you have so much to talk about and and sort of connect over. And I, I love that too. I, I love discovery. I love you know. It's a fascinating um, what people you know, making a bond with someone over like Shakespeare's sister. It's the band I thought maybe two people in the world knew about, you know, so everybody knows Siobhan Fahey. Siobhan was in um, uh, Bananarama, but like she had the side project Shakespeare's sister uh, and their debut album is one of the best albums of all time. And then I come to discover just recently, maybe the last six months or so that Shakespeare's sister has this gigantic cult following (laughs) and uh, that, um, are the subject like Kate Bush's of a lot of uh, academic interest? I had no idea. Yeah. And then you, you're talking, you know, you're and then you're talking about it, and then you're like, yeah, man, like you know, Shakespeare's sister. And then so Siobhan was married to Dave Stewart. Folks know Dave Stewart, and so and the great thing about Dave is that he he's produced like so many people. And then you start talking about Eurythmics, you start talking about Annie Lennox, and you think Annie extraordinary talent you start and then you start talking about like all these connections you know uh that are that exist in music and that's the great thing about music is all these connections you make uh just walking through the music walking you know walking through the lineage like walking through the trees of all that connect all these bands and musicians and artists and it, it mm-hmm. that's the, the there's a great one thing i adore in music that i that doesn't really exist in in fiction in in writing because it's such an solitary experience is the the sense of community in music and i i i really love that and i i wish there was that it's not to say there's not community in right amongst writers but it's a different kind of it's just a it's just a different thing mm-hmm. it's a different thing and i i really i really love that I, I love i love seeing it i love musical people i love music i love create i love trying to create music in my writing 
and that's what I'm trying to do a lot of times in the language and the words and it's it's a different kind of a thing but it, it's similar I, I think of it um, when you're trying to create someone's recreate someone's voice um, the way that they talk there's the music to it there's a melody to it there's a rhythm to how people talk yeah uh, people are repetition people are repetitious that type of a thing and it's finding that rhythm it's finding that melody and um, and learning it and then and hopefully if you're lucky being able then to um, take it and, and sort of play some jazz with it you know mm-hmm. um, but the uh, yeah I love connecting with people over music it's it's the ultimate icebreaker you, I met so many people all over the world you just start talking to them I was, I was at a concert I was at a James concert in London one time years ago and I uh, started talking with these folks who come they flew over just for the show from Germany and they were you know we just start talking to them and you, you, you meet people you know you start you got all they they don't speak English that well but you both speak music I've got firsthand uh, experience of that. Um, I came to Japan. I didn't speak any Japanese whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And uh, one one of my coworkers found out that I was in choir, so invited me to join her choir. So, you know, I didn't know anybody, didn't know the area. Uh, went to choir rehearsal. The first, you know, first one introduced myself kind of, you know, in whatever horrible Japanese I could stutter and uh, <laughs> just welcomed immediately, joined that community immediately. When I left that city, that was one of the hardest uh, farewells I had to say was to that choir because yeah. it was just such a. In, in amazing community to, to be a part of. And uh, they had helped me. They had helped me build an incredible life out here within, within three years. It was, it was mm-hmm. so powerful. That's fantastic. And I, and I got some great opportunities. I mean, I performed with the Tokyo Philharmonic Orchestra. <laughs> with oh, wow. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like in terms of community building through music, yeah, uh, I've I've been on that end. I've been on that recipient end of being welcomed into a community through music. It's like it's I I'm probably the worst with music because I love musicians and I love music, and I'm probably that guy who's like hanging around. It's like the <laughs> hanger, the literal hanger on, you know. <laughs> It's like, you know, and you and I have both met this person in writing circles, but like, I'm probably that guy when it comes to music is that, you know, cause it's like, you just want to be part of the sunshine, but, um, it's like, uh, I, I, abs- I, yeah, that's fantastic. It's like, and that's the thing. It's like, it does, uh, it, it opens up all those doors and opportunities. And I love talking to people about music and about creating it certainly in the process because it's although it's they're very different disciplines obviously very different mediums it's not that different from writing it, it is writing it's it's writing uh when you're right when you're making music but it's um the, i i found there's an extraordinary amount of similarity to it oh yeah and, absolutely um, uh i mean and, uh, i am so doing you, both i'm writing mm-hmm. now i'm actually writing a lot more uh and i'm yeah. working on writing songs um 
yeah, there there is a lot of similarities to it. Uh, music gets a lot more compressed than writing. What I found that's true. I think. Um, I what I found though is I don't think that there's a galaxy of difference between a three minute song, what it contains, and what say a three hundred page novel does, in terms of like depth of experience. Like you know, like you know, where people are talking about running up that hill, as songs close to forty years old. I think it has about as much depth as any name a novel. I, I, I think it, there, the people keep going back to it. It was before this moment that it's having right now with Stranger Things. It was a song of of a lot of critical and cultural significance. But that's it, what not I mean. On a, yeah, three you know, a, a novel a level, compress but. it down to three minutes. That means yeah, it's yeah. going to be super intense. You don't get any of the fat, right? Like you got to, it's got to be out there, right? I, abs- absolutely. And in that way, in, in that way, it's very similar to the short story. The, the short story is, um, is all about compression. It's all about precision. And the, the, the great thing about the song and the short story and, and the poem, they're, they're different, but that's the, the, the ambition for uh concision and the short story can be perfect because it because of its brevity it can it can hold within it an entire universe Mm -hmm. uh within within a thousand words or you know three thousand words or something a novel can never be perfect because of the sprawl it's it's it it's but that's the beauty of the novel is that it, it 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 has this thing to right you don't want it to be uh you don't want it to have that sort of concision that a short it can't and but and, but you don't want it either and so that's then you have the album the album is this sort of sprawl in some cases you know i was gonna uh, say that reminds but, me of queen's reich's operation mind crime oh sh- there's a great record <laughs> um you know absolutely and that's a novel record. right there yeah exactly and so you get people who do things like that with their sort of concept albums or, or things like that or they have thematic elements or you know that they tie together and they're right they're creating something on a macro level which is extraordinary I, and I, I absolutely love that and I, I as much as i love that i, I love the, the 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 precision of a, of a of just a great song a simple song no song is simple well i take that back but you know what i mean like baby shark that's fairly simple Right, like, you know, like your, your great songs, uh, they sort of contain universes, and so I, I, I love that, I, and I love talking about it. I love learning about it. I love digging into it, and you know, um, it's it's a lot of fun to sort of uh, just really to sort of revel in that, you know, uh, and that type of stuff, and so that's why I'm I'm glad we get a chance to sort of talk about music like I said I'm I'm, I'm shocked actually now that I think about it that we didn't get, we've talked about music here and there on the pod we certainly talked about sort of like Lord of the Rings soundtracks and certainly John Williams but you know like I'm sort of shocked we didn't talk about some of this stuff sooner because like literally this is a, you know I talk about music I think more with other people than I, I do like literature certainly mm. uh, that makes sense that though. may have yeah, literature is your career i don't i don't find myself enjoying <laughs> uh i don't find myself enjoying unpacking literature 
uh, fiction the way that I do. Like we spend a lot, obviously a lot of our pod is sort of like uh, talking about analyzing sort of movies or shows or here we're doing it with music or whatever. I don't enjoy it with fiction. I think part of that is because of the fact I'm a writer and because I'm always applying uh, that critical lens to the work, to the craft. Mm-hmm. And so everything to me is just critical. And so I don't, I don't really, I actually don't, I think I've mentioned this on the pod before. I don't enjoy reading fiction the way that I did when I was younger yeah. anymore because it, it's a different sort of experience. And so I really live for those books and those stories where you're just transported right away from the first sentence and you're not thinking about anything. You're not applying your bullshit to it. So, Oh yeah, of course. And that's, that's, that's the great thing about music is you're just gone a great song uses a right right from the beginning you're just transported you're 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 in a different space spinal mm-hmm. likes to say you're you're uh, the temperature of the room changes yeah sure so. that'll do it for today folks thanks again for joining us once again i'm darby harn and you can find more information about me and my books at my website darbyharn.com i'm also on twitter at darby harn sugu how can they find out more about us in the podcast You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can reach us at our email address, shelfwarmers at gmail.com. Send us feedback about the show, your thoughts, opinions, recommendations, and insights on our perspectives. We're always happy to hear from you, our audience, and we'd love to share your opinions on our next show. Again, that's shelfwarmers at gmail.com. And if email isn't your thing, we're also on Twitter. You can reach us at Shelf Warmers. Give us a holler. We have new episodes every Friday. As always, remember to stay safe, wash your hands, practice social distancing, and get vaccinated when you can. Stick around to listen to a free clip of more content from us. Subscribe today and you can hear the rest of the following and more. Bye-bye.